With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sometimes the journey to motherhood isn't exactly how we planned. We all hope for an uneventful pregnancy, and it's important to know there are steps we can take to minimize potential risks, such as the risk of birth defects. And that's why Preggy Pals is proud to partner with the March of Dimes for this very special episode. Today, you're going to meet Danny. Danny and her husband, Will, have had quite the parenting journey. There were lows and there were highs, and she's here to share her story with us. This is Preggy Pals. Um, is that a plus sign? Pink or blue? Hospital or home birth? What type of food should I be eating? I think I just peed myself. I'm pregnant and I have to exercise. What pregnancy glow? Wait, was that a contraction? (laughs) Gotta make these pants fit. I've got kinkles. What do you mean there's more than one? You've got the symptoms, and now you've got the support you need for a happy nine months. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. Welcome everyone to Preggy Pals. My name is Sunny and I am your host. Just a little bit about myself. I have four kiddos, but only three pregnancies. So yes, that includes a set of twins. Now it's been a while since I've personally been pregnant, but I do love hanging out with all of you pregnant mamas week after week. If you love Preggy Pals as much as we do, please tell another pregnant mama about us. You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify, and all of the podcasting apps. And if you want to check out some of the other podcasts we produce, such as Newbies, Parent Savers, The Boob Group, and Twin Talks, then visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So, how many mamas out there have heard of the March of Dimes? You may recall their purple logo. For 80 years, the March of Dimes has been advocating for the health of all moms and babies, and one of their missions is to educate families about the risks of birth defects. Birth defects affect about one in every 33 babies born in the U.S. each year. Now, we have had the March of Dimes on Preggy Pals in the past to talk about these risks, but today we're going to do something a little bit different. Today, you're going to meet Danny Kilgore. She's a mom. She has firsthand experience with this. Danny, Welcome to Preggy Pals. Hi, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Danny, you and your husband, Will, you have had quite the journey to parenthood. And I'm sure most of what you experienced was unexpected. So Mm -hmm. take us back to the beginning here. Did you guys always want to have children or what was the plan? So yeah, you know, we we always wanted to have children. Yeah, I, um, I am the second 
child in the middle of three. So my sister, um, she's nine years older than me. And then Uh I have a half brother who's 17 years younger than I am. Um, And so, you know, everyone grew up like only children, basically. Sure. But then my my husband on the other side, he has six six siblings. So he (laughs) he grew up in a family of eight. And, uh, you know, that was like one of the things we first started talking about when we first started dating. I was like, okay, so let's, I just have one really important question to ask you. And I think he was bracing himself for, I don't know what he was bracing. He was like, okay, yeah, what's up? And I was like, so how many children do you want? Like, like, you know, I can't promise you that I'll be able to give you six kids. Like, I, I don't, I don't. That's not in my, I like to say that is not my ministry. That is the ministry of a you don't lot have your of own women. children's ministry, right? Right. right. Like I is not, I am not that woman. Um, and, and I told him at that time and I said, cause I hear, I hear having babies as hard. So. Right. And to have six of them, I don't know if I have that kind of strength. And he's, he just started laughing. He's like, yeah, I don't, we don't have to have six. Maybe we can have four. And that scared me too. I was like, four. <laughs> and so we compromised and said, okay, how about we do three? And if God blesses us with a fourth one, then that'll be, you know, a bonus baby. So there you go. yeah, we, we, we talked about really early on. And because my dad, my biological father is a twin. He was okay. born a twin. I was nervous. It's like, oh my goodness. Cause what, what if we have twins? And he's like, oh, I have twins in my family too. And I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> This is going to be an interesting life journey. Well, you know, Danny, that's actually what happened to me. I had two children, two single babies, and then I had identical twins. So that's how I got four babies. My husband and I, we were going for baby number three, and we got baby three and four. So I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) All right. So so take me back a little bit. Let's talk about uh, your first pregnancy. What happened? So um, my husband and I got married in 2009. We've been married for 11 years. And um, we got married November 2009. And then February 2010, I found like I was pregnant. And, you know, I was um, not the most thrilled about this pregnancy because mm-hmm. we were so young in our marriage. We, yeah. we, had, we, we hadn't even gotten the six months. Um, and so. Um, I was really, I was, I, the way I had planned being pregnant, it was not starting off the way I had written in my goal book in college, my third year of college. I'd written out, well, how old I'd be when I got married, what career I would have. So when we got married and then I found out I was pregnant, like just a few months later, I was, I was shocked and I was, I was, you know, a little anxious about that. Um, I was also a teacher at that time. Was my first. I had just started being a teacher. I was in my first year of being a teacher. My husband was working as a media director for our church, and okay. so you know we like to say we had really humble salaries. Mm-hmm. And so we're newlyweds, humble salaries, and then we have a baby on the way. It was just not at all what I pictured life was supposed to go in. Mm-hmm. But my husband. Because like I said, he came from a family of a family of eight. He had six siblings. He's like, yes, I'm so excited. I, I'm so excited about this. Let's go. And his excitement and his joy 
you know, got me excited. And so yeah. he's like, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. God's going to take care of us. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, let's go then. We're going to have a baby. And I was so excited. And then, you know, about six weeks in, um, I miscarried and I was devastated. I, mm-hmm. I went from being so, I was, I went from being, you know, a little anxious and, and, you know, shocked and nervous about what life would look like having a baby, an unplanned baby to, well, it's okay. I'm excited. I'm going to be a mom. It's going to be great to, oh, actually, no, you're not going to be a baby mom. And it was hard. It was really hard. That roller coaster of emotions that I experienced over that six, six and a half weeks. After that, my husband and I, we decided that we were going to wait and we're going to put measures in place so that we can wait more intentionally. And so um, we waited. And then in 2013, we were like, we were ready to start again. And so I got pregnant. You know, I, I say getting pregnant has never been an issue for my husband and I. You know, Will and I have never had an issue with getting pregnant. We get pregnant like very quickly. But um, it's remaining pregnant that has been our struggle. And so in 2013, I found out I was pregnant. We were really excited. I was, it was, I was happy. I was, um, I was fairly healthy. I was still in my, I was still in my twenties at that time. And, um, I was a soccer coach. I was a teacher. I mean, things were doing, we were doing well. It was, it was, it was, it was a great time. And in my mind, it was perfect timing to have a baby. And so um, we found out it was going to be a little boy, and that was exciting. And we were going to name him um, William Jr., so he was going to be my husband's namesake. Mm-hmm. And everything was just going great. I mean, it was awesome. Um, around 20 weeks, though, I think I was exercising or doing something, and I noticed some spotting. And um, it made me nervous. And so I called my doctor, and... Um, she told me to rest and things like that. And then the next day I, I felt like um, more, I saw more blood clotting and I got really nervous because I remembered what it looked like for my first pregnancy. That's what my first pregnancy looked like. Okay. Um, and so we came into the doctor, they ran tests, things like that. And then after all of the tests that they ran, blood work samples, things like that, um, she checked my son and he was fine. They couldn't figure out what was wrong. They couldn't figure out what was going on. And so um, they just said, let's just monitor it. And so we just, you know, took it and said, okay, well, that's a praise report and we'll just move on. But around 23 weeks, um, I started waking up with these severe headaches, um, really severe migraines. I felt like my head was exploding, was going to explode. It was so much pressure. Um, I was dizzy. Um, I was seeing spots. I was having like extreme hot flashes. I didn't know what was going on. And um, I called my doctor. They told me to rest, stay in bed. Um, we, they told us to go and get our my blood pressure checked at like the at Walgreens or at um, like the fire department or something like that. And we ended up going to get my blood pressure checked and it was really high. Mm-hmm. And I had not had blood, high blood pressure, you know, symptoms or anything like that previously. So this was shocking. Um, but I, and they just said, we'll drink some more water and let's let's see. Maybe we'll send you and take you and give you some uh, 
we'll do a urine sample. They they never wanted me. They it, almost like they wouldn't let me come in. And so after a few, couple of days of that, two three days of that, um, I, me and my husband decided, no, we're gonna go in. Um, and so we went into the doctor's office. I didn't have an appointment. I went into the doctor's office, and my doctor was not there. And the nurses were not willing to bring me back. And I kept telling them something isn't right. Something doesn't feel right. I don't, my blood pressure is high. You know, I'm, it just, something does not seem right. And my mother taught me very early on as growing up that you always pay attention to the signs that your body sends you. Your body Mm -hmm. always tells you that something, something is out of line, something is imbalanced. Your body tells you that and pay attention to those signs. And as a mother, I, you know, it's even more important to pay attention to those signs. And so um, I was really adamant. I was like, no, I'm not leaving until someone sees me. And I, you know, I think at that time, like they were looking at me as if I wasn't, I was just being irate, irrational, things like that. And so they finally brought a a doctor who was there, said, okay, fine, bring her on back. I'll, I'll look at her. I remember him saying it just like that. And so I, I went back. Um, the nurse put me in a room. She, like they normally do, they take your blood pressure. And when she took my blood pressure, she said, oh. And she said, I'll be right back, Miss Kilgore. And so she left. She came back with the doctor. The doctor took my blood pressure. He took it twice, actually. He took it with the automated one, and then he took it with the manual one. Okay. And he said, Miss um, Kilgore, um, I need to make a phone call, and then I'll come right back. This is one they haven't told me, told me or my husband anything. And so um, he leaves, he comes back and he says, okay, I need you to, to go to the hospital. I need you to check into the hospital. Do not go back home. I need you to go straight there. Um, my blood, he told us that my blood pressure was 156 over 107. Wow. And, um, but I needed to go straight to the hospital. And so I went to the hospital. We got checked in. Um, he, he met us um, a few minutes later and that's when he shared with us that I had preeclampsia. Basically, you know, that preeclampsia is when, um, the body's, um, your, is, is causing stress on the baby and, and, um, your heart is fighting to send blood through either, through either the placenta or through, um, the umbilical cord and something is, is keeping it from happening. And so as a result of that, that he shared that um, I needed to be there and be monitored. And I would stay in the hospital until um, I gave birth. And I was 23 weeks at this time. And I'm like doing the math. Like that is a long time to be in the hospital, yep. like in the bed, in mm-hmm. the hospital. Like that's 17 weeks, like 40 weeks, 17 weeks. I'm going to be in the hospital. That's, that's a long time. And so, and he told me that, you know, the reason why is because preeclampsia could could easily, uh, if, they're, if they're not paying attention to it, if it's not closely monitored, could turn into eclampsia, which is uh, causing seizures and could be fatal for both myself and my ch- unborn child. Um, yeah. And so we got our minds around being in the hospital. And so I was there and I was being monitored constantly. And around 28 weeks. I was awakened out of my sleep by the nurse and the nurse came in and she was monitoring me. And she said, Miss Kilbride, I need to wake you up because um, 
I need to wake you up because um, I'm noticing something on your mon- on the monitor that um, I need to contact the doctor about. And so she woke me up and the doctor came in and um, they sent me down. They did. They went down and did ultrasounds and things like that. And we found out that my placenta had completely stopped working. Um, it stopped working. It was no longer sending receiving blood that the heart was sending to um, it to to distribute to my son. And as a result, my son's heart rate had dropped, dropped significantly low to the point to where they needed to do an emergency C-section. My son was born September 19th, 2013. He was weighing in at one ounce less than a pound. Wow. Yeah. Yep. He's born at 28 weeks. And I, I didn't get to see him for the first three days um, because, again, I had just had major surgery. Um, I had to have a what they call a classical cesarean. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. but No, um, I haven't heard of that. What is that? So a classical cesarean. So, you know, with a, you know, the traditional cesarean that they normally do, it's like a you call it it's a horizontal incision. OK. Well, with a classical um, cesarean, it's the one that I guess that doctors did prior to discovering that they can do it a different way. Um, they it's they do a vertical incision. So they cut up up, up um, vertically versus horizontally. And so oh. they're cutting through more layers yeah. of tissue and, and muscle and things like that to get to the baby. Was this happening really quickly? Like I'm wondering why they didn't share that information with you. Yeah, or maybe no. there was just no other option at that point. I, you know, it. I'm not sure. And even, you know, the same questions that you're having right now are the same questions I had after, as I'm, as I started to process what I just went through, um, after the fact, like, why didn't anybody tell me this? Why didn't I know my son was born? He, he was, he went straight to the NICU and they discovered that his lungs were extremely underdeveloped, which is what they were afraid of. Um, that being a baby being born that early, um, there's so many major organs that are not fully developed yet. So many, right. you know, aspects of the sustaining life have not yet fully developed or developed yet. And his lungs were one of those. And so he was on a breathing machine that kept his lungs um, inflated. Um, that was his issue. Like he would take a breath and his lungs would collapse. They wouldn't reinflate. And so when it got to a point where he got off the breathing machine he had gotten healthy. He was opening his eyes. Wow. He um, he was holding. He you would put his hand, so we weren't able to hold him. We couldn't take him out mm-hmm. um, because of in, the the um, possibility of infection and things like that. And because also he was so fragile, so we couldn't. I couldn't hold him. I could touch him through the um, incubator, but I couldn't hold him. And so. Um, there would be times where he would, you know, um, grab my finger and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so great. And the doctors, everyone was like, oh, this is such good news where he's, he's, he's on his way. Um, he's doing so well. And then in the process of changing one out of his, out his, um, feeding tube, um, and putting it back in, um, he got pneumonia. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when he got pneumonia, um, he got really sick and they had to put him back on the breathing machine. Through antibiotics and things like that, they were able to clear the infection, and um, he was 
healthy again. He was doing well again. He was growing weight and he was getting, I mean, his features were starting to come in. He was, I was like, oh my goodness, he looks just like my husband. And so, <laughs> I mean, he's just, I'm watching him develop before my eyes. And then um, October 31st of 2013, he got pneumonia again. And that is when uh, things just went spiraling down. Um, he just, it, it, it was just really hard to keep his um, lungs um, to um, inflate and deflate. I mean, to deflate and then inflate again. It was really hard. The doctors were trying to um, clear the infection. They were having a hard time clearing the um, infection from the pneumonia. And um, as much as he tried to fight, he he just um, eventually lost that fight and he passed away. So um, November 8th. 2013, he passed away. So he lived 50 days. Mm. Uh, he had 50 days of life. And um, yeah, it was, it was really, it was hard to say the yeah. least. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not anything you can do to prepare for something like that. Um, and it also didn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, mm. you, you prepare or you, you imagine that one day your parents will pass away. Your right. grandparents will pass away. I mean, if you're married, your spouse, one day will pass away. You yourself will pass away. But when you think about your children, right. that is not something that you um, can prepare for. Sure. It was really it was a, it was a challenging time. But it's only by um, the grace of God, our support system of our friends, our family, our church home. Um, I went through a lot of therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, we had group counseling where we were able to be in a circle of mothers and fathers who had experienced just what we did to where you didn't feel like you were alone. It was a lonely place. It was a very lonely place. Um, And my um, friends from college, friends from high school, uh, my neighbor, they, people started reaching out to me all over saying, yeah, this happened to me too. Oh yeah, this happened to me. Or, oh, yeah, my cousin, this happened to her. And the the amount of people that started to share their stories in connection with this, who I had no clue, was start, it, 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 was, um, it was making me feel less than inadequate. I was no longer feeling um, inadequate. I was starting to feel like, okay, there are more women like me. Mm-hmm. But then it also started to make me wonder, too, like, what is happening here? Because there was a common denominator, and all of the women that I were talking to were African-American women. They were all African-American women with the same story. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't sure why that was happening. And so I remember doing some Google searches, trying to ask questions why this was and um, what was happening. Why are so many African-American women, why do so many African-Americans have this story of you know, miscarriages and stillbirths and and premature labors and, you know, things like that. Why is that happening? And I happened upon some articles that were housed on the uh, March of Dimes website. Okay. Yeah. And um, I started reading and I saw the disparities and the biases and the the discrimination that women of color have experienced in healthcare, specifically to... um, when it relates to maternity mm-hmm. and I was, I was shocked, you know, a lot of it was had to do with um, access to healthcare, but that was not my case. 
Like I had access to healthcare. I had health insurance. That wasn't my issue. So what was it? And it, I couldn't help but to connect that there was um, some discrimination or some stereotypes that were being unbiased and microaggressions that I was experiencing that mm-hmm. maybe even the doctors themselves had were not aware of. Yeah. Um, and it was hard. But from reading these articles, reading these stories from these moms, listening to other friends that this experience, I felt like I had received my power back. Like I, the power was back into my hands. Okay. And so a friend of mine, um, she, she knew that I was doing all this um, research and things like that. She shared with me, she said, you know, hey, what about if you do a March of Dimes walk? And I didn't know what that was. And so she shared with me that. And that was our first time connecting with March of Dimes. Um, and we did a walk. It was like shortly after Mother's Day, we did um, a walk and we did it in the name of my son. And I felt hope. I felt joy. I felt encouraged. And I felt like I had the strength to try again. And so my husband and I, we decided to try again. And so um, in 2014, we tried and then we miscarried again. And um, I think at that point, I had come to a fork in the road and my husband and I started to um, explore what would it look like if our family was a family of two? Yeah. What would it look like if our family consisted of children that were not biologically our children, but they're children because um, God allowed them to be our children? So Mm -hmm. what would it look like if we adopted Right. What would it look like if we became foster parents? We started to explore those options and we were like, okay, then that's what we're going to explore. And so we stopped with the um, trying for a child. But, you know, we took a vacation to to um, Las Vegas. And um, I always say, you know, people always say, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That's not true. Um, <laughs> that's a lie. <laughs> because you know, some things do come back with you. Yeah. <laughs> and I came back. <laughs> we came back and found out that I was pregnant. And I was like, oh, wow, when did that happen? And I started, it's like, oh, Vegas. <laughs> Danny, I'm going to have you pause just for a second. We're going to take a quick break. I want to learn more about this pregnancy. I'm assuming you're talking about your daughter, Harper, now. Yeah. So yeah. I, w- I want to hear about that whole story. We'll be right back after this quick break. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. (laughs) 
Okay, welcome back to Preggy Pals, everyone. Now, before the break, you met Danny, and she's been sharing her story of her pregnancies, the births of her angel babies, everything she's been through. And we started to talk about her last pregnancy with her daughter, Harper. So this does have a uh, positive ending to it. So Danny, take it away. Tell us about uh, your daughter, Harper, and how she was born. Yeah, so um, we found out I was pregnant. When I went in, I was a little nervous about this pregnancy. And so when I went in, the first thing the doctor said as um, he was looking at my chart, he said, wow, Ms. Kilgore, as I'm looking at your chart, um, I see that you've experienced um, a lot of loss. And before we get in, I just wanted to say, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry that you've experienced this. I'm so sorry that this has been your story. And I'm going to do whatever I can to make you feel comfortable and to care for you. I was blown away. Like, mm. no, I, I was, it took me, but I didn't even know how to answer. I, I mean, I was shocked because for the first time, a doctor saw me as a human, as a mother, as someone who had experienced trauma. It was, I, I was, I mean, I was blown away and it was a sign for me that this pregnancy is going to be different. I mean, it was a lot, it was a lot different. And so I had this pregnancy um, and it went through 35 weeks with my daughter. It went through 35 weeks. It was at 35 weeks because I had, like I said, I was at the doctor's almost every week and I had different doctors for different things. And um, my high risk doctor, he um, saw that uh, a test where my daughter would respond, see how quick her, her heart rate was going to respond. Um, he saw a slight dip. And as a result, he said, um, I think it would be a good idea to, to deliver today. He said, because um, I don't, it looks like the placenta is at the beginning stages of preeclampsia and we don't want to take any chances. And so um, he said, but Ultimately, this is your decision, and this is what this means, and this is what could happen at 35 weeks. She could come. There's these different um, birth defects that could happen as a result of her, of her being uh, born prematurely. And he says, "So I'm going to step out, and I'm going to give you, and I'm going to give you two an opportunity to talk about it. And when I come back, you let me know what you'd like to do." Mm-hmm. That again had never happened. Again, it felt like he was putting the power back into our hands. Yeah. Um, and so we made the decision to go ahead and um, deliver her, um, and it was going. To, and it, of course, again, like I said, it was via cesarean, and um, she was born at 35 weeks. Um, she her, but her lungs were developed. Um, she could eat on her own. She spent two weeks in the NICU only because she was just um, underweight. Like she was um, three pounds and a few and three pounds six ounces, and so they needed her to get. Um, at four pounds or above, four pounds or greater before she could leave the hospital. And so, you know, we're from the South. And so my, I remember my, my mother-in-law, she said, um, okay, so then that means, you know, you need to start eating some grits and some cornbread and some collard greens. <laughs> Cause I need you to thicken that milk up. <laughs> so you need to put some. They need to make that oatmeal a little thicker so you can. <laughs> right. And my mom like, ah, it don't work like that. But okay. 
<laughs> but, but you know, it's so funny. Southern moms have the that Southern moms have a a, a sense of of thinking one way, and it, I, it it's 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 it was a blessing to that. That's how she was like supporting me in that. Like, okay, well, I'm gonna make you some cornbread. I make you some like you know, so you can it's so sweet. that carpet can really it up. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so. She she was like I said she was in the NICU. They did the regular tests, but one of the tests that came back was her hearing test. Okay. And as a result of her being born so early, she um, her hearing was not was not fully developed. And as a result, she was born with sensory neuro hearing loss. And okay. that's when the um, the fibers in the ear canal that um, allow sound to vibrate they either didn't develop or they developed and they died. Okay. And so um, she does wear bilateral hearing aids to amplify sound. Okay. And um, her speech um, was was delayed because of that. But um, she's five years old and she's reading and she's at school and she has fun and she has little friends and she <laughs> loves all things pink and she has <laughs> opinions and... <laughs> She's your, she's just like any other, yeah, she's like any other five-year-old. She just wears um, hearing aids and she needs um, a little more special attention when people are talking to her. But, you know, I, when I look at my daughter, she's just a a representation that miracles happen, that miracles are real. And um, yeah, it it was, I don't think had, um, had we I don't think if we had of not found March of Dimes and experienced that, I don't think if mothers had of shared their story with me, I'm not sure if I would have made the decision to keep going. They mm-hmm. made the decision to to try again. Or um, but I appreciated moms sharing their story. I appreciated being connected to March of Dimes, being able to be in a community of women, um, community of fathers where you know, they turn their stories from stories of pain and sorrow and grief to stories of courage and bravery and hope. Mm-hmm. And it gave me that hope, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was it, it was definitely a blessing. And she's a blessing to us for sure. Danny, what do you want other moms to know? We've talked about a lot of stuff today. There's a lot of good information in there. And your story is unbelievable, truly inspirational. <laughs> What do you want other moms to know? What would you tell them? You know, um, moms who have experienced anything similar to what I've experienced, um, I would say to you, you are brave. You are strong. Um, Nothing is wrong with you. And that you have the power. You have power more than what you think. And to keep going, keep trying. Not, not and I and when I say keep trying, I mean keep trying to live this new normal is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, life is not the same as it was; <laughs> it never mm-hmm. will be. But keep trying to live your new normal, and know that um, you have a community of women all over the world that stand with you. Um, but for mothers who this isn't their story, mothers who um, are trying, or mothers who have um, have had no none of these experiences um i would say to remember those who are who that isn't their story remember it and um be willing when that is someone's story to hear their heart 
Because I think at the end of the day, a lot of what I needed was someone to just listen. Mm -hmm. That was a part of my healing. That was a part of me being able to gain back control of, um, what I, of, of what I was experiencing is to be able to be heard. And so it's podcasts like yours that give women that, that space and that power to know, be heard, speak up, listen. We want to hear, we want to listen, and we want to celebrate all what motherhood looks like, all of what the journey of, of becoming a parent looks like. Um, all of it's worth celebrating. All of it's worth listening to. And that together we make up um, a group of women that are just I, boss is what I could say. <laughs> together, together, yes. you know, my women, you know, it's nothing like um, it's nothing like a woman. Um, there's so much in depth in our depths, in our beings that causes us to be able to stand with each other and to hold each other up and to have a certain strength. And so, um, yeah, that's what I would say. Well, Danny, I appreciate you. I know our audience appreciates you. I know telling these stories isn't always the easiest, right? There's a lot of emotion that's tied to it. But I just want to thank you for being on our show today, for being vulnerable, for telling your story, and for inspiring other people. We just, we really appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. That wraps up our show for today. Thanks so much for listening. Again, we want to thank Danny and the March of Dimes for being part of our podcast. You can visit marchofdimes.org slash preggypals for more information about how you can stay healthy during your pregnancy and protect your baby. If you love Preggy Pals as much as we do, please consider checking out the amazing businesses that sponsor our episodes week after week. And we'd also love for you to tell another pregnant mama about this resource, which of course is absolutely free. And if you want to check out some of our other podcasts we produce, such as Newbies, Parent Savers, The Boob Group, and Twin Talks, then visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Thanks for listening to Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. This has been a New Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.